All right. Good evening, everyone. I'm excited to continue to talk about Jonah. So we'll start with Jonah 1, verse 17 today, and we'll read about the great fish, and then Jonah's prayer through to chapter 2, verse 10. Uh, but before we do that, let's have some review from last time. So chapter 1 was all about um, the flight of Jonah, and we talked about why Jonah would have fled. Um, we talked about, um, as it says in chapter 4, Jonah says that he fled because he knew that God is a gracious God. He's merciful. It wasn't necessarily out of fear. Maybe that was a part of it. But Jonah fled because he was afraid that God would rescue um, these people, would save these people that were enemies of Israel, these people that were barbarians. And another thing that we talked about was that when Jonah was thrown overboard, he did not see the big fish coming. He, this was pretty much the end. Jonah was prepared to give his life to be right, I guess, to sacrifice himself so that these other people that he hated would not, um, would not be saved. And then afterwards, there were, well, actually during, during our time and afterwards, there was a bunch of good comments that got made, and I don't know if I mentioned all of them, but some of them, uh, someone said that the god of Nineveh was a fish, which is kind of interesting. I looked that up, and I'm not sure if that's 100%, um, if, if we can say with 100% certainty that that was true, but one thing that is true is that the name of Nineveh in cuneiform, the style of writing with the little pointy arrows or whatever, um, is a fish within a house. So this could mean one of two things. It could mean that it was a place of fish or fishing, and Nineveh was a place right by a river. So it could mean that. It could also mean that it was, um, that they did worship the fish, or that the fish was a god for the city of Nineveh. Either way, I think it's really interesting that we're talking about a big fish, and Nineveh is a, has a fish, something to do with a fish in their name. Um, another interesting thing that I was thinking about was, you know how we were talking about how Jonah um, refused to go to Nineveh because he was afraid they would repent and get saved because of God's mercy. But then I thought about it, you know, we talked about this a little bit, maybe the part of the reason they did repent is because they saw the power of God when he was tossed overboard and the sea calmed down and and maybe, you know, the sailors love to spread stories, so maybe they were, um, maybe they spread these stories, and it got to Nineveh how this, this just weird thing happened when they were out in the ocean, and then this guy shows up, and his name is Jonah. So I was wondering, maybe Jonah indirectly actually helped these people to repent. And so Jonah was fleeing from, from not having to preach to these people so they wouldn't get saved, and then this great things happen as a result of that, and then he actually helps them to get saved. So I don't know if that's true, I just thought it was kind of interesting to think about. And I don't know, maybe God's plan wasn't to rescue Nineveh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he just sent Jonah as a, as a warning, as a judgment to them, and then Jonah kind of, through his selfishness, changed it around and, and helped them get saved. So I don't know, but interesting to think about. And some, one other thing that someone mentioned was that maybe it wasn't a storm. It doesn't actually mention a storm. It just mentions wind and, and waves, a tempest. 
I didn't, I wasn't quite able to verify this. I wasn't sure exactly what the word tempest there means that it uses. Um, it could mean a hurricane or something like that. But interesting to think about, maybe it was just, you know, a blue sky and everything was hunky-dory and all of a sudden this just huge wind comes along and, you know, that's something you wouldn't see every day. So I don't know. All right, so um, thank you for your comments and keep them coming. I love to hear some more thoughts. It's almost impossible to, to get you know, everything out of this story. It's such, a, such an interesting story. So the second part here, we're looking at the big fish and Jonah's response is prayer. I did find one thing online recently that recently happened is there was a guy diving for lobsters. I don't know if you heard this story, but he was diving for lobsters. That was his work. And he got, he got sucked into the mouth of this humpback whale. So I thought that was kind of interesting. You can look it up. Um, but yeah, he said he was diving for lobster. All of a sudden, he got hit by this. It felt like he got hit by a truck, he says. And then everything just went dark. And, and then a little bit later, he got spit out again. So I thought that was kind of interesting. He didn't get swallowed, but I don't know. And so let's read this passage. Uh, let's read Jonah, verses, verse 1, 17, chapter 2, verse 10. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly, and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hadst cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward that holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee into thy holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah unto the dry land. Like we talked about uh, last night, you know, we always think about the great fish when we think about Jonah, but there's a lot more to this story than just a fish. And a lot of people also kind of get hung up on the big fish, like, first thing we want to talk about is, well, is it really possible for someone to be swallowed by a fish? And, you know, we want to kind of um, talk about it and figure out, you know, is the Bible, you know, people who don't believe the Bible is true might use that as a, as a kind of a way of figuring out um, what people think. But, yeah, like we talked about, there's more to this story. There's 120,000 people in this city that, got, that repented just like that from their sin. And these were pagan people. These were Assyrians that glorified violence, that loved to you know, put people on stakes and to do all kinds of horrible things. These are the same people that just repented. So let's talk, but I want to talk about the fish for a little bit. Um, I thought it was really interesting. So you see how in the first chapter where Jonah flees, he goes pretty much the opposite direction like we um, talked about last night. He, instead of going you know, over land to Nineveh, he goes over sea to Tarshish. We don't know where that was exactly, but he goes far away. And so Jonah's trying to get as far away as possible. Hopefully God will forget about you know, my assignment and all that. Maybe God will just find someone else or, or he'll whatever. 
God will figure it out. But I won't have to do it. But anyway, so then God takes Jonah by, by his hair or his, his ear like my mom did sometimes. And pretty much, okay, you want to get as far away as you, want, as, as you can? Here you go. Get swallowed up by this whale. Get drugged down to the bottom of the, of the ocean. So it, it seems like it's God's version of, you know, go stand in the corner and think about it for a while. Because there was literally nothing he could do in the belly of this whale. And he talks about it. You know, he's down there way at the bottom. The waters <laughs> compassed me about even to the soul. The depths closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. So he's, if he wanted to get far away, this was about as good as he was going to get. I just thought it was really interesting that God pretty much, you know, here you go. There, if you want to get away, here you go. Try this for a little while. And even Jonah acknowledges this in chapter 2, verse 4, where he says, I am cast out of thy sight. What about the mountains of the sea? That was his idea. He didn't see it. It was dark in the whale's belly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and stinky probably, and lots of other things. Um, but, sorry, Aaron. You're asking what... What, what about the mountains of the sea? Well, it says the roots of the mountains. Right, and so if you have mountains, if the depth of the sea would be the opposite, would be down where mountains are high, mm -hmm. you know, it would be inverted. So that there would be great valleys and depths in the seas, which we know there are. Yeah. Creation Museum says mm -hmm. that all the mountains were lowered, and everything, the whole earth as it is here, were low, the mountains lowered, and everything was level. The earth would be covered with 1.6 miles of water. Mm -hmm. So the depths of the sea, as in inverted mountains, are very deep, very, very deep. Yeah, yeah, there's no question. He was, he was way, way down. I take that to, like, the roots, I bet, I don't know, I, I guess I didn't really think about it like that. But, yeah. Jonah was, yeah, there, he was way down there. He was, there was nothing he could do except think about, about what had happened. But I, I want to go over this prayer that he prays. I think it's, it's worth looking at, and it's pretty much, yeah, the whole chapter is dedicated to his prayer, and there's a lot of interesting things we can get out of this. Bring up one point there. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. In the first verse. Mm -hmm. Verse 17? Yep. What about that God prepared a fish? Mm -hmm. Why do we need to find a species that could swallow a man, and a man could come out again? Why do we need a, a species like that if God prepared this fish? I know, I thought, I thought about that, like actually. one of a kind. Yeah, it, it could be, but then I looked at another translation, it says appointed. So I don't know if, if it's just, I believe I have the King, that's the King James that says prepared, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I looked at, the ESV says appointed. So then I wasn't sure, but I had thought about that, yeah, like the, it's interesting, maybe God did prepare. So one of the things about miracles is, mm -hmm. both Old Testament and New Testament miracles of Christ and the Apostles, that they almost always combine the natural and the supernatural. Mm -hmm. It's not only supernatural, nor is it only natural. So the combination of the two, can, God can God can fix that, or he can make that to whatever suits his purpose. Yeah. And they're one of a kind. They're not to be repeated. Yeah. No, that's a very interesting thought, too, that maybe God just 
you know, made a, a fish that swallowed you, and I don't know. I thought, I thought it was also very interesting that, that just the thought of God appointing a fish, you know, all of a sudden you have this fish and he has his assignment to go get this guy. And it, I think that's just funny. <laughs> what must the fish have thought? Anyway, let's talk about Jonah's prayer. In verse 1, it says, Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God. And there's several um, times in this prayer where it kind of seems like it's contrasting Jonah and his prayer to what the sailors were praying on the boat, on the ship. So they were, if you remember, um, the, the storm or the wind or whatever happened, and then they were afraid, and every man cried unto his own God, it says. But here it says, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. And this prayer is all about, you know, second chances. And Jonah is running away. He doesn't want these people that deserve death to be saved. And yet here he is having a second chance. God rescued him and gave him a second chance. And I think that's something that probably sounds familiar to us. There's been many times, I'm sure, where we've deserved more consequences for, for things that we've done or... Yeah, but here Jonah gets a second chance, and we'll see what he does with it. But we do see that, he, that, that God does have Jonah's attention. I think if you get swallowed by a whale, you'd at least be paying some attention. If this didn't get Jonah's attention, I don't know what would. But as we'll see later, it doesn't seem to completely change his mind. But... Yeah, this, I really like the prayer that he that prays here. And he acknowledges several things about, about God that we'll get to later. In verse 5, um, it talks about... Uh, sorry, where does it say? I should have studied this in the KJV maybe, but in the ESV I think it mentions hell. Doesn't it mention that somewhere here? Where does it say that? Oh yeah, in verse 2. Out of the belly of hell cried I. And it, it, depending on the translation, also it mentions that. But yeah, it's, it says in verse 5, the depth closed me round about. And in the ESV it says, um, to the land whose bars closed upon me forever, I believe it says. But he is, he's, he is way down, it, it even it compares it to hell. He's way, way down there. And I think, you know, Jonah is maybe also referring to his closeness to death. He, he was literally tossed overboard. He was going to die. That's what he thought about. So he was this close to death. And maybe that's another reference here that we can get out of this. But Jonah is he's way down in the water. He's close to hell. Um, talking about death there, I think. Out of darkness. That's really darkness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, down in the ocean, it's there's no light either. Yeah. And talking about second chances, we talked about uh, the prophet last night. We talked about the prophet, the other prophet who disobeyed, just like that, got eaten by a lion. And here's Jeremy; he got a second chance. Jonah acknowledges several things here. Acknowledges God's sovereignty. I thought it was interesting. The way that he, he phrases several things here, um, 
in the verse 3, he says, Thou hadst cast me into the deep. The sailors tossed him in the water, but he's referencing God here. I think he's um, referencing God's sovereignty, acknowledging that God was the one who, who did this. Thou hast cast me into the deep. And then in later it says, All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. So Jonah's learning some things here. He's acknowledging that, you know, there's not much you can do if God once has ordained something. And he's, Jonah's acknowledging this. And he's also, I think, acknowledging that he, he's never far from God, even though he tried to run as far as he could, and now he's even in this fish in the bottom of the sea, but he's still, in, in um, verse 7, it says, My prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. And I think, yeah, it's something jo Jonah is thinking through here. He tried to run this far, but we're never far from God. It doesn't matter, you know, what we're going through or where we try to go. We're never far from God. And maybe he's kind of reflecting here that it was futile to run from God. Yeah, it's a bit of the residue of Solomon's prayer. Mm -hmm. Solomon's prayer was that when his people become get in hard circumstances, they should look toward Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. They should look toward the temple. And he mm -hmm. says, I look toward your temple. Mm -hmm. And the promise there was that Solomon had been given the word, or he expressed the words that, then remember us when we look toward your temple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and again, all about second chances, about mercy. It's, it's very ironic that he doesn't want mercy for these other people, but, you know, this prayer and the way that things are going here, God is a God of mercy. He seems to have the assurance that his prayer came to the temple, mm -hmm. verse 7. Mm -hmm. When my soul fainted, that could, you know, maybe he was about losing consciousness, I'm not sure, <laughs> from, from almost drowning. But yeah, his prayer came into God, into his holy temple, from wherever he was. I thought it was also interesting, verse, um, verse 8. The King James says, lying vanities. They that observe lying vanities forsake their... Just seems, sort of seems like all of a sudden he's going over, you know, what happened to him and how God heard his prayer. Then all of a sudden, they that observe lying vanities forget, forsake their mercy. The ESV has idols there. or I think we can kind of infer that from that verse, but... I think there again, he's kind of referring to what happened on the ship. You know, these people tried to pray to their gods, and if, and we all try to try to figure out how we can do it on our own, maybe. But it's all worthless if we don't serve the true God. If we don't pray to the true God, and they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. If we try to find salvation in other things, we won't find that mercy that we get from God. And then in verse 9, again, he says, I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. Salvation is of the Lord, it says, as opposed to these sailors trying to get their salvation from their own gods. In the end, they were saved by what God did for them. And Jonah as well.
that's Jonah's prayer. If anyone has any thoughts, uh, you're welcome to share. But I did, did also want to go over some of the consequences of Jonah's actions. I, did, I didn't have... There was a lot going on in chapter 1, so I saved it for this portion here. But what are some consequences of Jonah's actions? What happened because of Jonah? You can see the ship's cargo was ruined. These people threw all their stuff overboard. They lost some of their livelihood. I don't know how much it affected the sailors. Um, you had the wind, the tempest, the waves come up. The ship was maybe ruined as well. You have the, the sailors, you know, frightened, frightened out of their minds. And then you have their conversion and their salvation as well. And then I thought about the poor fish. You had to deal with a wriggly human inside them for three days. And there's probably others that I didn't think about here, but I wanted to think a little bit about what happened because for, for Jonah's sake. You know, Jonah got taught this lesson by God, but other people had to suffer so that he could learn, hopefully learn the lesson. Weren't most of the consequences good things that came out of it? Yeah, they were actually. Mm-hmm. In the end, yeah, in the end, like the sailors got, they got converted. It was good, you know. I don't know, maybe those sailors never would have gotten salvation if it wouldn't have been for this. So it's, yeah, it wasn't, it was mostly good. But it's not always like that. And I want to talk a little bit about that. But what Jonah did here affected others, even though it was a lesson for him. And that sometimes can happen for us. Um, but I had to think about, you know, I like, recently I've been um, learning more about playing chess and I like, I just like the strategy and everything and you always try to make a move and you, you think out, of he, out ahead of how a move will benefit you and you try to set up traps and things like that. And you figure out after each move, you know, how you can make things work for your advantage. But, you know, the way God... God can take any situation, any move by us, he can take that and make it work out however he wants in the end. There's no out-strategizing God. And here Jonah is running away, doing the opposite of what God is wanting him to do. And then out of nowhere, these sailors get converted because of this. And maybe also the town of Nineveh gets re repents because of what happened here. So we don't really know all of that, but... God has a way of using whatever actions we do for his glory, whether we like it or not. And I'd like to look at this a little bit from the sailor's point of view. You know, they have this huge storm come up out of nowhere, or this wind or whatever it was. It ruins their cargo and whatever else. But I had to think about us, you know, how often are we going through something for someone else's benefit. How often do we have to suffer because it might help someone else? Or the other way around, maybe someone else is going through pain because of us, because of things that we've done, or because someone else needs to learn a lesson. And I think one thing that we can take away from this is our actions never, it never just affects us. What, you know, whatever we do in life, the life that we live, it's much more than just ourselves. And we never know, we might never know till the end, 
how, how that all works out, the number of people that we affect with our lives. But that's one big thing that we can take out of this story. Jonah's actions weren't all good, um, and you know, the consequences might not have all been good, but they affected many others other than himself. And it brought me to ask the question, why does, why does God allow suffering in this world? That's a big question that people ask. You know, why, why did God allow this to happen? Or why did this person suffer? Or why did this person die? Or whatever. We often have these questions. And it's a hard question, and I'm not sure it's something that I really want to get into too much. But I wanted to read 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 to 11. Second Corinthians 1, verses 3 to 11. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all to our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye also be of the consolation. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and thus deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Ye also helping together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. So he talks about several things here, but mainly it talks about, you know, suffering and how that can help others. The apostles were willing to suffer uh, all of these trials, all the things they suffered, so that others could benefit. And I think sometimes people suffer so that we can benefit as well. I had to think especially of this. Um, we were in El Salvador, and my brother-in-law was, it, it, I just, it was hard to understand why someone would be alive and allowed to suffer like that. And we've maybe thought about something like that or seen someone suffer through you know, a hard time. But why, did, why does that happen? But I do know one thing that happened. By seeing what was happening and seeing his faith and the way that he never complained about anything, the way that he always said, you know, you, you asked him even when he could barely speak, you asked him and he always said, you know, it's, it's all good, I'm good. And that helped me. And did God, did God allow him to suffer for me? It's a question I had to ask. But we never know, I guess, we'll never know on this earth why things are the way they are the way they are. And there's no easy answers to why there is suffering and why these things happen. But it really made me think, Jonah's story made me think about um, the consequences of what we do, how our lives can benefit others, but also how when p other people are going through things, 
maybe God is giving us an opportunity to learn or giving us an opportunity to... Yeah. It's kind of hard to think through and... Yeah, it's, it's hard to talk. It's a hard thing to talk about, but I wanted to share that because it really impacted me when I looked at, at the story of Jonah. That's pretty much all I had for this section. Next time we'll look about... Um, you would think here after Jonah gets stuck here in the belly of the whale that he learned his lesson, but as we'll see in the next couple of chapters in 3 and 4, I'm not sure that he completely did, but... Um, I want to leave it a little bit of time if someone has any comments or anything that they want to share. On the subject of suffering, mm -hmm. we are naturally schooled to try to understand stuff. But there are some things in life that happen that I will never understand. Mm -hmm. You know, why Marion died, for instance. Why she had cancer and died. I will never understand that. Early on, I realized I can't understand this. I want to believe it's God's will. Mm -hmm. I, I, I see myself and our people as needing to be schooled a bit more about believing God rather than trying to understand Him. Mm -hmm. And believing the things that happen in life that seem to have no logical explanation. We try to figure it out. Yeah. And there are some people who were widowed men who just never could figure it out. And they were never happy. And, and they talked a lot about their deceased wife and how they just, you know, think about her so much and miss her so much and it's everything about her. Well, it's about the Lord. It's about God's ways are perfect. And when we, faith just brings us rest. If I can make my story short. Faith is something that I'm trying to discover even yet. To just trust God. Now, I don't know why I was sick for three weeks, three months this summer. It didn't make any sense to me. Other can, people can go in and get a gallbladder take out one day and they're good to go. I had a three-month duration with that thing. It resolved other stuff, of course, other things that I'm dealing with even now. It was infection in the blood. That happened through an abscess liver. And so I can't say why that happened. And why it had to be me. Yeah. Wasn't sick at any, any time in my life of any anything of any consequence. So I'm just wanting us, myself, and us to think a bit more about how we can exercise faith in our lives, trusting God. Mm -hmm. We talk about loving Him more. It, it comes to us that we should trust Him more, because when we trust, we do love. Mm -hmm. It's hard to try and love, and you can't hard to know where. You have the resources within your own heart to do it. But in trusting God, love comes. Jonah, preach God's message. Mm -hmm. You see that? Sorry, where? Jonah repeated God's message. God gave him the words to preach. Mm -hmm. So was God speaking. And it got the king's attention in chapter 3. In chapter 3. Mm -hmm. Yes, he did. I like that too. Uh, I don't find anywhere in scripture that preachers share. But our preachers do that all the time. We're called on to share. Mm -hmm. Thanks for their sharing. I, I, uh, I hope that they'll come when we'll get back to preaching. So one time at ministers meeting, the preacher, the speaker had said that. We need to get more preaching. And, you know, this sharing is 
for the women with their recipes and for the men about Better be their careful. Now, I am, I'm, and the men about their pickups and their tractors and stuff. Okay. That's sharing. But he said, when we get to behind the pulpit with the Word of God, we ought to be preaching. And the moderator got up and thanked him for his sharing today. <laughs> Samuel, you're talking about we, we kind of take for granted that so God created this great big fish and, and the rest was history how much work did God have to do to keep Jonah alive inside the fish for three days Yeah. I mean he must have had an awful amount of gas <laughs> or something yeah. but it's fascinating in, in verse 5 where he almost drowned in, 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 in the belly and mm -hmm. the weeds the seaweed was wrapping around his head. You can see that he was almost in his mm -hmm. And so I find it fascinating to consider um, Jonah bouncing around in the middle of this fish trying to stay alive and God keeping him upright or something. The air quality had to be poor. <laughs> <laughs> well, he finally threw up, so he must have been sick. Yeah. Michael, you think he washed up and changed clothes before he went to preach? Well, I, that, well that's tomorrow night. I'm just I'm waiting to see what happens. I doubt it. It is interesting there. We're about out of time now. But verse 9, it ends, he ends with, Jonah ends with saying, I will pay that I have that that I have vowed. I'm not sure what that vow is. Maybe it is to, okay, I'll go do what God says. I don't know. But he ends with, salvation is of the Lord, and then the Lord spake unto the fish. It seems like Jonah's kind of going through this progression He's praying, he's saying, he, he, God sees that he's learning, and then God speaks to the fish. But as we'll see, he didn't quite learn everything that he should have. Maybe. But thank you for your comments. Um, feel free to, to talk to me afterwards. I really love hearing your comments and what you have learned from your studies of Jonah. Um, but yeah, let's pray to be dismissed. Father, thank you for the story of Jonah that we can learn from. Father, uh, thank you for the way that you work in our lives and each one of us in our different situations. Thank you that you're always working um, to bring about your honor and glory and help us to be willing to surrender to what you have for us. That you'll give us a good evening, protection as we go to our homes as well. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed.